So today we're in week two of our series, Rethink Religion. And, and, and last week we started out looking at what pure religion, I guess you could say, really looks like. And as we were taking that time, and, and that message may have seemed harsh to some people, because unfortunately for some of us, religion is centered around ourselves. It's this me-focused religion, and, and it's all about me, myself, and I, and I've got to be happy, and, and it's my personal relationship, and it's me, 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 me. And as we spent the time looking at what pure religion is, we, we saw that it's outward, not inward. And unfortunately, many of us today and many in society, because society says we should worry about me, myself, and I, that we take our religion and make it about me, myself, and I. And we make it this inward focused instead of being outward focused. And, you know, I think as we looked at God's word, we found out that pure religion is about serving him and others. There's not a me involved in it. The only me is me serving other people. The only I is me serving other people. And I think as we continue to look through this series, as we rethink religion and what we do and what we say, I got to ask you a question. Have you ever heard the saying, don't judge a book by its cover? Yeah? See, many of us grew up hearing that, right? I remember my mom used to say it all the time, don't judge a book by its cover. And unfortunately, it's something we don't hear a lot today. And maybe it's because most people don't actually open a book. You know, we got them on our Kindle or on our computer. And, and so maybe the new saying should be, don't judge a book by its pix, pixelated screen. You know, because it's really not a cover that's on a book. And even though we don't hear it that often anymore, it really didn't have much to do with a book. It had more to do with your first impression. You know, that first impression, oh, don't take that first impression as, as what the person's going to be like or what it's going to be like. And, and unfortunately, I think many of us have been judged by our cover. We've judged others by their cover. And, and I think some people even judge religion by the cover that they've seen. You know, some people judge Christianity off the little snippets that maybe they've seen of a TV evangelist or what they've heard someone say or where maybe they've seen on the news about this pastor or this denomination and we've built this impression off of what religion is without actually experiencing it ourselves. I mean, even us, uh, unfortunately, you're a Christian, you automatically get judged by that cover. As soon as you tell someone you're a Christian, there's a judgment that may come up in them because of what they think Christians are or how they think Christians act because of a little maybe one-time encounter with someone who said they were a Christian but didn't live a Christian life. You know, like I talked about last week, there's more people now claiming none is a religious belief than ever before, and it continues to grow. And a lot of this, I think, is because they judge a book by its cover or they judge in a Christian or a religion by what someone has done to them because of a first impression. And unfortunately, a lot of times I think what happens with us is 
you know, we put on this false cover of religion. We, we, we put on this fake look so that our first impression is good. And we put on this cover that, hey, I, I want to look like I've got it all together as a Christian, so I'm going to put on this facade or this cover so when people read it and they get that first impression, they're going to think it looks good. But I think what we're going to see today is that Jesus actually rebukes religion that's done merely for the sake of appearance. If your religion is done merely for the sake of appearance, Jesus in today's scripture is rebuking it. And we also see that pure religion serves God and it serves others out of humility. So it's never me focused. It's always focused on God and focused on others. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 23. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew, but as always, it will be up on the screen. Uh, so with that being said, hopefully it'll stay up on the screen because this morning we had some issues. Satan trying to attack, so it's time for Satan to get out. Amen? Amen. So Matthew 23, verses 1 through 12. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it. But don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach or what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. They do everything to be seen by others. They enlarge their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love the place of honor at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called rabbi by people. But you are not to be called rabbi because you have one teacher, and you are all brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father because you have one father who is in heaven. You are not to be called instructors either because you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning as we, as we continue this series, Rethink Religion. Lord, we just ask that you open up our hearts, that we receive what it is you want us to receive. Lord, open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may we actually rethink what we do, and how we live our lives. And Lord, may you be glorified through it all and make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see in, in this passage, Jesus is adamantly, he's correcting these religious leaders. He, he's correcting their tendencies to care about their appearance and, and what others see in them instead of the way they actually are. And, and what they're doing is they're so worried about the outside that they're neglecting the inside. They're neglecting what's inside of them. They're neglecting the way that they actually live their life and the way that they actually worship our Lord. You see, the scribes and the Pharisees had added all of these laws and all of these rules to the law that was given by Moses. So they added all of these different rules in order to have a religion or in order to have this, this time in his relationship with God. And Jesus is three and four. 
he describes the religious leader's tendency to require of others what they won't do themselves. So they're going to say, you have to contradictions in what you tell your kids, your co-workers, your next-door neighbors or family members. Are there any contradictions between what you tell them to do and what you actually do? Yeah? I'm glad I got some people that were honest. I was waiting for everyone. Nope, not me. I was going to get y'all for lying in church. When we tell them, and it's kind of that old saying, you know, and they're going to watch you. And they're going to watch what you do, and they're going to emulate what you do. Especially our kids as they grew up. They emulated everything that we did, the good and the bad. The people who are going to notice a difference in us are the people who are closest to us in our life. And for some of us, that's our coworkers. So our coworkers see the real us because they spend the most time with us. You think about it, you spend more time at work than you do at home, at home away. So your coworkers actually probably know you better than some of your own family members do. And they see the real you. And, and as we look at this scripture, we see that Jesus is, is showing the Pharisees at their work and what they're doing is more outward. It's this outward focus that they have. You know, and they had all these traditions. You got to do this. You have to do this. You can't do this. And they had all these rules that went along with it. And they made it, there was nothing personal about it. It was more about them. You got to do this. You got to do, you know. And I think sometimes we get caught up that same way. We get caught up with we have to do something a certain way. Don't you change that. What do you mean we're not going to do it that way? <gasps> You're going to change the color of the carpet? No way. Well, it's that same thing that they're looking at, and they, they wanted to make it about them instead of anything else, and Jesus actually called them out for it. They loved to be called rabbis and teachers. They loved all the best spots you know, they wanted to be seen by everybody. It was all about them, and it was never about God. And, and they were very proud, and, and they were just acting all this like they were righteous in front of everybody. I'm the man. I'm the one who sets the rules. I'm the one you got to follow. Do what I say, because guess what? I'm not going to do it, but you need to do it if you want a relationship with God exactly what the Pharisees were doing and Jesus was calling them out on it. And they made all these man-made laws and they did all these different traditions. And we do the same thing. Man-made traditions will never make you right with God. Let me say that again. Man-made traditions will never make you right with God. It may make you right with somebody else who's maybe sitting in the pew next to you, but it will not make you right with God. Making yourself right with God is an inward focus. It comes from the heart, not from the outside. We need to keep that inward form of religion instead of this outward form of religion. And we got to understand we need to meet God's requirements. We got to meet the requirements that God puts on us. Not the requirements of some committee. Not the requirements of someone sitting in a pew. But God's requirements. Think about that for a second. When is the last time you really thought about what does God require of me? We will go through day and day, time and time again, and worry about what man 
requires of us, what our job requires of us, what this requires of us, what law we have to follow, or anything else. How about we take time and we decide what does God require of us? And actually start doing it. Actually start living that life that God requires us to live so that we can have that relationship with him. That's where we've got to be. We don't need to be these hypocrites. In verse 9, when I read it, I just started chuckling. Because, man, we use verse 9 all the time. Don't call anyone on earth father. You know, that's why them Catholics, we shouldn't call them priests father because, you know, Matthew 23, 9 says don't call anyone father. It's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? What's verse 10 say? Verse 10, the King James Version actually says this, and do not be called teachers for one is your teacher, the Christ. Who in here is an educator? Any teachers in the house? Any want to be teachers in the house? We don't, okay. So what do we call a school educator, a teacher, right? Do y'all have a problem calling your kids educators, teachers? No. We don't. We have no problem calling them teachers. Does anyone in here have a, have a problem calling their dad father? No? Hey, we celebrate what day? Father's Day, right? But we'll be real quick say, oh, that's why a priest shouldn't be called a father because that's what it says here in Matthew. It's so much taken out of context. And the scripture means so much more than this. It's, it's just the surface is beyond the surface of what we see. Uh, so many times we just get caught up and because it's me focused and maybe we've got this problem with a priest or a pastor being called father that we get so caught up in and we become hypocritical. And then we start downplaying or bashing other denominations. Guess what? It's going to be Catholics in heaven. It's going to be Lutherans in heaven. There are going to be some Pentecostal people in heaven. There are going to be some Baptocostal people and some Baptists in heaven. There's going to be non-denominational people in heaven. And guess what? We're all going to be in heaven together. It's not going to be separated out, okay, the Baptists are over here and the Catholics are over there. We're all going to be worshiping together. But yet we will take the time to bash another religion just for the simple fact of we judge the book by its cover. I was raised Catholic. I can bash them if I want, but I never will. Because like I said, there will be Catholics in heaven and they're still my brothers and sisters in Christ. They may do some things I don't agree with, but it's about that relationship with Jesus. It's about that inward focus and it's about our hearts. Some people like traditions more than others. Some people like going to where it's all set in stone and this is what we're going to do. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's that inward focus and they've got that relationship with Jesus. I mean, you look at all the titles we have in Christianity. You got reverend, you got apostle, bishop, father, pastor, priest, all of these. And even some of them you have doctor, Dr. David Jeremiah. Here's a news flash. In Latin, doctor means teacher. Does anyone here have a problem when you're a patient calling your doctor a doctor? 
So if you go and take this scripture out of context and say, oh, we can't say that or no one should be called a father, then stop calling your doctor a doctor and stop calling teachers teachers. Take it for what it is. It's about that spirituality. It's about the spiritual focus instead of it being man-made and then putting themselves on a pedestal to be called rabbi or teacher or instructor or master. It was, they were setting themselves up on a pedestal. That's not what we do today. And that's not what we try to do today. So don't ever take it out of context and understand that when you read God's word, really dig into what it says. Really look at what it says. You know, the Pharisees wanted everyone to notice them. Everyone to notice them. And I think what they did is they lost that outward... They, they constructed so much in the world around them that was so me-focused and for protecting their faith and protecting themselves from breaking the, the laws of God that they actually lost sight of the heart of their faith. And I think we do the same thing. We get so caught up in everything around us or in the traditions or the way things that are be done have been, always been done that we lose the sight of the heart of our faith. We lose sight of what we're here for. We should be here to worship the Lord. That's what we come to church for. We come to church to worship the Lord, to give him honor and glory in everything that we do. But I think we get caught and found guilty of the same things that the, that the Pharisees. You know, we get so protective of the way things were done or, or the way things should be done that, that we forget it's about him. A pure religion is based on serving God and serving others. But we get so caught up on serving ourselves and what we want. And we have these man-made set of rules And it can't be a pure religion when we're trying to add stuff to it. It needs to be about Jesus and his word. Them two things, Jesus and his word. That's what our relationship and our religion should be based on. And that's one of the reasons I'm really doing this series. I actually talked about doing it last year, and I didn't do it. And because I really think that in today's society, we really need to rethink our religion. We need to really rethink how we're living life. And, and as I was looking at this, I saw a thing from D.L. Moody and this illustration that I thought went so well with verses 11 and 12 because 11 and 12, Jesus distinguishes the difference between pure religion and false religion. And D.L. Moody gave this illustration. He said, a farmer went with his son into a wheat field to see if it was ready for the harvest. See, father, exclaimed the boy, how straight these stems hold up their heads. They must be the best ones. Those that hang their heads down, I am sure, cannot be good for much. So the farmer plucked a stalk from both kinds of wheat. And he said, see this, son? The stalk that stood up straight is lightheaded. And it's almost good for nothing. While this one that hung its head so modestly is full of the most beautiful grain. The righteous are those that stood with their head tall. 
If you think about a grain of wheat, if it's standing tall, it doesn't have a lot of grain on it. So it's really good for nothing. But as it builds up that grain on it, it will naturally slump over. It's going to provide more of what it's meant to provide. And I think a lot of times we get caught up that same way where we want our head to be held high so that we can be seen by the world and seen by others. Well, maybe we should allow our head to slightly bow and we can be so much better for others. Because if we bow our head, we're not looking around for acknowledgement of ourselves. We're looking to get acknowledgement for him. Now, right after this, uh, in this scripture, I want to encourage you, read the rest of chapter 23. But after this, and it was too much to read at the beginning, it actually gives seven woes. And it starts out, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And it actually gives seven different woes. In some versions of the Bible, it actually gives eight. Um, if you look in your Bible, it may go from verse 13 to 15, and there is no verse 14. And because some of the older translations had verse 14, some of them didn't, so some uh, translations leave it out. So, But these seven woes, um, two of them really stand out to me. And, and they've stood out to me for years, and I want to read them to you. It's verses 25 through 28. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but instant self-indulgence. Just clean the inside of the cup so that the outside of it may also become clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of bones of the dead and every kind of impurity. In the same way, on the outside you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Now, if you look, the, both of these are looking in their concerns of externalism. They're looking at the outside of something compared to what the inside of it is. And, and I think the Pharisees, um, they were so careful to maintain this outward show that Jesus was pointing out to them that, yes, you've got this outward show and you may appear clean on the inside, on the outside, but the inside you're dirty. Your inside is not clean. You're filled with this extortion and, and you're filled with this self-indulgence. And that they should first cleanse the inside of the cup and the dish, which is basically make sure their hearts are cleansed. Make sure their hearts were cleansed and they were clean from the inside before they try and show this appearance on the outside. And as Jesus is showing them this and he continues go, to go on, he really makes a difference between the two. And I think only then once they clean the inside, then that way they'd be more behavior sensitive on the outside and their focus wouldn't be on this outward appearance, on what their book cover looks like. They'd be more concerned about the heart of the matter and I think for us, I think it's this difference between our person and our personality. Think of it this way. There's a difference between us, between our person and our personality. Our personality is what we emphasize for people to know who we are. 
It's that outward person. It's that outward, how we are, how we act, what other people see. And we really try and work our personality when we're out. But God looks at the person. God looks at what's inside. God looks at that person that's inside of us. He looks to the heart of the matter, and he looks to the inside. And as God emphasizes who we really are, we need to focus on who we really are, on our person, not just our personality. Psalm 51.6 says this, Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. We need to continue to look at the inside. Clean the inside first. Get the inside right and the outside's going to be right there. And people are actually going to see the person of who you are because the person of who you are will change the personality because we change from the inside out. Now, the difference between the sixth and the seventh woe was this. The sixth really criticized the concealment of this covetousness that they had. But uh, the seventh woe condemns the concealment of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Think about it. Tombs were whitewashed. So they had these really whitewashed tombs, and they were really whitewashed on the outside for one purpose. So if someone who was a Jew accidentally bumped against it, they wouldn't be defiled. Because remember, as a Jew, they couldn't touch a dead body. So they were kept clean on the outside, so if someone accidentally touched it, they wouldn't be defiled. But yet on the inside, these whitewashed tombs were what? Nothing but bones. Nothing but a dead person decaying inside. So, so they made these tombs look and appear something, and Jesus actually likened the Pharisees to these whitewashed tombs. They appeared to be clean on the outside, but the inside, they were full of corruption. They were full of dead and dying bones on the inside. People actually thought back in that day that if they could get near these top Pharisees or these top scribes, that they would actually help them out, that they could actually find some type of sanctity by touching one of the Pharisees. And Jesus was pointing out there was nothing but like a whitewashed tomb. But what about you? I think all of us have a little bit of Pharisee inside of us. I think every one of us can act like a Pharisee. I think some of us do it better than others. Some of us are really good at it. Some of us would have fit in as a Pharisee back in Jesus' day. And to be quite honest, it would have happened. I wanted to go back in verse 5. It says, you know, you think about it. It talks about the Pharisees. They do everything to be seen by others. They enlarge their phylacteries and lengthen their cord, uh, their tassels. Now, the phylacteries we actually talked about last week, it's that little, little leather box. Remember, they had a leather box. They'd tie it to their head or they'd tie it to their arm. Well, what they were doing, it's actually made the whole four pieces of Scripture. Well, what they would do is they would enlarge it to make it look like it was that much bigger. Well, the whole purpose of that box was to have four pieces of scripture in there that helped them maintain and not break the law of God. That's what the box was for. But they would take it and they would make them that much larger, looking like there was so much more inside there. And it kind of reminded me today, and we all know that kind of person, that, man, they can quote scripture. 
Man, you start talking to them. Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 says. Well, Proverbs 51, 6 says. Well, Ephesians 4, 29 says. And they're real quick to throw this scripture out there. In any conversation, they're going to put scripture out there. But then you look at the way they live and they're like, did you listen to the scripture you just told me? Because we'll throw that scripture out there and we're trying to act like, you know, oh, I'm this holy Christian. I know what God's word says. And you're actually becoming holier than thou. You're actually starting to look like a Pharisee because you're spewing all this religion out at a time that it doesn't need to be turned out. And this is exactly what Jesus is pointing at with the Pharisees. As they're trying to appear humble, as they're trying to appear like I, I, I'm close with God and I'm doing what he says and, and I've got all of this scripture for him. He's saying, man, you're just being righteous. You're not holier, you're holier than thou. You're getting caught up on what people look at and that outward appearance on what people think of you and the way they're judging your book and the way they're judging the cover instead of looking on the inside. And seeing what's on the inside of the people. And, and don't get me wrong. Each one of us should study and meditate on God's word. Each one of us should memorize scripture. Because if we don't memorize it and we don't meditate on it, how are we going to live by it? How are we going to walk our life living out what God calls us to live if we don't know what it says? So we do need to take that time to meditate on his word. We do need to take that time and memorize his scripture because that scripture is what's going to keep you out of some trials. When Satan comes knocking at the door, you're going to be able to rebuke him with scripture just like Jesus did. That's what it's meant to be. It's not meant to be used on an online fight or an in-person battle with somebody which we see all the time, spend some time on Facebook, man. There's people who throw scripture all over the place. And man, they twist some scripture all over the place. And then we'll stand by their twisted scripture. That's not what it's meant to be. It's meant to change us on the inside. And as we look at that inward focus and we look at what he's calling us to do, it will change our lives and it will change what people see on the outside. What if we as a church actually stopped acting like Pharisees? What if we as a church became so focused on what God sees in our heart that we didn't worry about what others saw on the outside? What if we really thought about we want to do two things. We want to glorify God, we want to serve Him, and we want to serve other people. What if that became our focus? How much could we change our houses, change our neighborhoods, change our jobs? Eliminate that me focus of a Pharisee and start focusing on others and the needs of others. And instead of looking out for our wants, we look out for someone else's needs. Think about it. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a cookout like I talked about. You have a chance to invite someone to come. Maybe that person 
you want to think about inviting is that person you know is not connected to a local church. Maybe that person who's judged Christianity by the cover of what they've seen in the news. Maybe they're judging Christianity off of how they see you actually live your life every day. Think about who you're going to invite. Because maybe, just maybe, they'll come in here and see that, you know, that we as Christians are normal people. We're not necessarily normal what the world and society would call normal, but we are normal. You know, we're going to follow what God's word says instead of what the world says. But at the same time, we can still love and serve other people. We can still be real. We can still have fun. We can still dance. Some people can sing. Yeah, that's right. I said dance in a Baptist church. Oh, Baptists don't dance, do they? That's so funny. I heard that my whole life growing up. Baptists don't dance. I was like, why? Dancing's fun. Hey, we should have a dance. Not that I know how to dance, but we should have a dance. <laughs> Let's do what we're called to do. Be humble. Serve our Lord. As I said at the beginning, Jesus rebukes religion done merely for the sake of appearance. Our religion and what we, should, and what we do every day should never be for appearance. It should never be me-focused. And he shows us that pure religion serves God and others out of humility. Take time this week. Pray about who you know needs to know Jesus. And invite them. Tell them, come on, hey man, we're having a cookout. Yeah, you got to sit through church and but we're going to have a cookout and we can hang out together. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach all of God's word, the good and the bad. I'm not going to hold back. I never do. But maybe that's what some people need to hear. And maybe that's exactly what we need to hear is it's not about me, myself, and I. Guess what? It's not about you either. It's about him. It's about serving others. And that's who we need to be. We need to stop being the Pharisees in our life because, Lord, we know we can be. We can all be a Pharisee. And start refocusing, rethinking our religion and our faith on what it should be on, not what we've placed it on. And if you're here today, you're here with us for church online, and you're saying, Pastor, that's really good, but, but I don't have a religion, and I don't have this relationship. Well, that's okay. You can make that difference today. God's Word says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you're waiting to get it all together, his word also says, we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But yet God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he'll accept you right where you're at. He expects that change to happen after. But he will accept you right where you are. As messed up and as jacked up as you are, he will accept you. And you can join his messed up, jacked up family. 
Because guess what? We're all sinners and we all fall short. Everyone in this room's a sinner. And if you think you're not a sinner, ask the person next to you. They'll probably point some sin out to you. Because we're real good at pointing out other people's sin and not pointing out the sin of our own. But today is the day of salvation. You can make it right today. You can accept Jesus today and start that change. And forget about looking outward. Start looking inward just like God looks at you. He looks at the heart. Change your heart. Change who you are. And be who God called you to be. Seek to serve him and others instead of yourself. Amen. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. <clears throat> and Lord, sometimes it may be a little harsh. And sometimes it may hurt. When we read your word and we find out that, Lord, we're acting just like these people that you are rebuking. But Lord, we, we have that saving grace and we have that knowledge of you that we know we can ask for forgiveness. And Lord, we, we know that we can take steps each and every day to become more like you because that's what we're called to be. And, and as we work on this sanctification, Lord, I ask that you be with us. Lord, because we're going to mess up. But Lord, continue to guide each of us that we will stop focusing on ourselves and that we'll begin to focus on you and others. And Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you, Lord, I ask that they make that move today, that, that they take that step to have that personal relationship in the religion of Christianity and become a follower of you. And Lord, if there's anyone here who's been acting like a Pharisee, Lord, that they will repent of that today, that they will give it back to you either where they're sitting or even come up here to the altar and give it back to you. But that we will leave here today, Lord, seeking that clean and that pure heart and that pure religion that you call us to have. And that our focus will be on you and those in need. And Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we make this prayer in the precious name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, Give My Life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.